0: You know, I like those uh, kind of way that that, that that other one played in. That was like a got me all hyped up. I'm ready to go. You won't be able to stop me. You won't be able to get me out when the, when the show is over. All right. Don't even try, Kiana. Don't even try. Okay. <laughs> all right. Welcome to the Michael Slate Show, folks. I'm your host, Michael Slate, and I'm really happy to be back here now. Not that I've been missing it in terms of missing not being there, but I'm really happy to be here this day. All right. Because so much is going on. All right. So much is going on. And we've got a very important show today. We're going to be talking about the ongoing struggle to free Iran's political prisoners. Thousands of people are imprisoned in the dungeons of the Islamic Republic of Iran. They are imprisoned for being the best among us, for standing up for the rights of women, for supporting free expression for work, for protecting the environment. And they are held under shocking conditions, really shocking conditions, denied medical care, tortured, and sentenced to years in prison after sham trials. So, we'll be talking with Miriam Claren and Larry Everest of the International Emergency Campaign to free Iran's political prisoners. On Saturday, September 25th, a moving, lively, and informative program was held in Revolution Books in New York City. Heroism for our times. Free Iran's political prisoners now. Basically, an an afternoon of solidarity and resistance was live streamed worldwide. Many people saw, it, heard it. Many people didn't, and we're really, we're really eager to dig into this. Co- this was co-sponsored by Revolution Books and the International Emergency Campaign to free Iran's political prisoners. And the IEC. The program brought home the urgency and the importance for people everywhere who yearn for a better world and of the battle to free Iran's political prisoners now. So I'm very happy to be bringing you. Mariam Claren and Larry Everest, the two people on the front lines of this battle. They are two of the many who have taken up this struggle over the past year. Three thousand people, three thousand people, from several countries signed the emergency appeal published in the New York Review of Books this last summer, this summer issue. The cost for the ad was fifteen thousand dollars, and it was raised in a couple of weeks. Imagine that. it was raised in a couple of weeks from several countries, including by many Iranians in the global diaspora. Signatories include Noam Chomsky, Gloria Steinem, Ariel Dorfman, and many, many others. There's a website for the international emergency campaign where you can see the full list of signers of the emergency appeal, as well as the complete video of the September 25 program. And I'm sure that my guests will be a lot, will be just eager to be giving you the address about this and other things. And it is www.freeiranpoliticalprisonersnow.org. All right. Once again, that's www.freeiranspoliticalprisonersnow.org or at Iran Prisoners Emerge on Twitter. All right. Iran Prisoners Emerge on Twitter. All right. That's kind of bringing us the the, the, the one thing that we wanted to fill on with. And everything I mentioned is right in the home page of the website. The address, again, is www.freeiranspoliticalprisonersnow.org, or just go to my social media for the link. Now, my guests today are Mariam Claren and Larry Everest, both spoke at this event and will update us as the, uh, basically how the struggle is going, how the struggle to free the prisoners is going, and why it matters so much for all of us at this time. Mariam Claren is the daughter of Nahid Taghavi, a German-Iranian dual national who has been held prisoner by the Iranian regime for a close to a year since October 16, 2020. Mariam has been devoting just about all of her waking hours and energy to the Free Nahid campaign, the battle to free her mother from the... And it's and that, actually, that's that's important for people to listen to this because that's the battle to free her mother from the dungeons of Iran and to fight for the freedom of all of Iran's political prisoners. She's been featured in German and international media, including The Guardian, Ms. Magazine, and she's really been a driving force in this campaign. Miriam, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Michael. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah, it's good to hear you again. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about this a bit. How are you and what's the latest um, on your mother? What's happening with your mother, Nahid Taghavi?
1: Um, as you mentioned, Michael, I'm the daughter of Nahid Khadavi political prisoner in the Islamic Republic of Iran. Um, I want to give you a brief background about my mother. She was arrested on October 16 last year in the capital city of Iran. She spent 194 days, that's almost seven months, in solitary confinement. She was interrogated by the um, security agents. 1,000 hours in total, 80 sessions. That means the first three months of her detention, she was interrogated 10 to 12 hours every day. All this time, she was without legal access. And then she had a, a sham trial, um, and she was sentenced to 10 years and 8 months in prison. And if somebody is asking themselves why she was sentenced, simply for having free thoughts, simply for having another um, mind, simply for talking about her thoughts and was struggling for a better Iran. Um, in July, she caught COVID during her detention and um, she was denied medical furlough on this time. And a few weeks ago, the authorities came and said she can leave for medical furlough. The family has to pay a bail, which was about two billion Toman. month. That, this is about 50,000 U.S dollars, and then she can go on a medical furlough. And I was on the phone when they gave her this, this granted her this furlough. So we were very happy. We thought there are some movements. She can go out for one week or two and have medical treatment. Um, and I want to mention that the bail was very heavy. That's not a usual bail for a political prisoner. But anyway, my uncle went to the capital city and organized the bail. You need to know my uncle is an elderly, 70-year-old uh, PhD professor, and he had to travel from Shiraz, that's about 1,000 kilometers from Tehran to the capital city. He um, organized the bail. And which was not an easy process because there is a case expert from the authorities who has to come and so on. So it was a four-day struggle, but we put the mail. So my family finally put the mail, but my mother was not released. Twelve days. Every day, my uncle runs from A to B without any results. The answer from the authorities was always, this, this takes time, we need to uh, check some things out. This is all a lie. It's only, um, in other cases known, it takes two or three days to get your follow after the bail is paid, but um, they did not get give her the follow. And it got more cruel, because two weeks after the bail thing happened, they brought my mother to the hospital outside the prison, for getting the results of an MRI which they have taken from her back there the neurological surgeon confirmed that my mother needs urgent back surgery urgent she said this is nothing we can wait for she needs to have a surgery right now and after the surgery we need a lot of time to have uh, therapy and to make this to make her healthy again um there's the um, as I said, he confirmed that she needs a surgery. So, um, we have an urgent needed medical treatment and surgery. We have a, we have put the bail for medical furlough, but my mother is still in prison and is denied this furlough and the treatment. And this is simply psychological torture. And, um, this update is another small glimpse in the mistreatment and arbitrariness of the Islamic Republic of Iran. My mother's case is not an exception. There are hundreds of these cases, and we need to fight for their freedom. Mm
0: -hmm. Let me ask you this, and then we'll move on to Larry for a minute. You know, I understand that October 16th will be the one-year anniversary of your mom's arbitrary detention and imprisonment. You know, let's talk a little bit more about that, okay? What will you be doing during this dark date?
1: So um, to be honest, I cannot believe that one year had passed. Uh, it it seems like yesterday when I I get this this cruel phone call and they told me that my mom is in solitary confinement and is in prison and it it seems like yesterday. But on the other side, this one year was the one of the best years of my life. And please, this is not ironic what I'm saying because I've learned. So much about being resistant, being brave, how to stand against this cruelty, how to stand against repression. So um, everybody who knows the uh, Free Now Heat campaign and my struggle to free the political prisoners knows that, of course, there are plans for next week. I will have um, some actions with Amnesty International and with another women's rights NGO called uh, Père de Femmes. And we want to challenge the new German government to finally take action and to uh, have a red line about human rights abuses and to campaign for the freedom of my mom. And not only for my mom, because the struggle is real. it's not only for no, it's, um, it's all of them.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's move on. I w- we'll be back to you in a little bit, but I want to talk with Larry, Larry Everest for a little bit, um, who has also been very active in this. Larry, how are you? Welcome to the show.
2: Okay, Michael, good to be with you.
0: Yeah, and I want to make sure that people know that recently you've been a very... People, because they've heard you on my show and other things, but recently you've been a very active member of the International Emergency Campaign to Free Iran's Political Prisoners, or IEC. So let's jump into this, all right? You know, you were telling me that when we spoke, you were telling me that the battle to free Iran's political prisoners is more urgent than ever before. What's going on? Why do you say that?
2: Well, certainly what Miriam's just described is one example But across Iranian society, there's been an escalating wave of repression, which has only gotten worse since Ibrahim Raisi became president this summer. And all of it underscores the urgency and importance of our campaign to free Iran's political prisoners. Recently, Raisi spoke before the U.N. General Assembly, and believe it or not, he claimed that the Islamic Republic was based on rationality, freedom, and justice. Freedom and justice. Talk about the big lie here. The reality is that the people of Iran have been repeatedly rising up against this hateful fascist theocracy. Well, Uh, since I was there in 1979 and 1980, right after the revolution, up till today. There have been very important uprisings in 2017, 2019, this past summer, uh, the people in Huzestan, and then spreading across Iran. And these are women fighting for their basic rights, their artists and intellectuals fighting for the right to express themselves, their workers uh, striking and protesting for their ability to to even live their ethnic and religious minorities, demanding to be uh, to be able to live as Baha'is or as Kurdish people and not simply imprisoned or repressed because of who they are they are their radicals and revolutionaries and communists fighting for an entirely different world, their environment metalists. Uh, protesting the uh, degradation of, of the environment in Iran, and all have been met with arrests, beating, very vicious repression. Just this year alone, uh, 235 people have been executed, many secretly, uh, in Iran um, this this year alone. And uh, one of the things, you mentioned the program we had on uh, September 25th, Kaveh Malani of the Burn the Cage, Free the the Birds campaign, uh, based largely in Europe, to fight for the Iranian prisoners, at the program he said something that really struck me. He said, you can be arrested because of who you love, even the shape of your T-shirt, your hairstyle, the color of your shoes— and any decent citizen in iran is a potential threat to them that just that captures a lot but the other thing that our campaign has has really uh, zeroed in on and that's why we called this uh, september 25th program Hero, heroism for our times is just that the incredible courage and defiance and heroism of prisoners and thousands and millions of people across Iran. Here's one example, Nargis Mohammadi is a human rights activist and journalist. She spent eight and a half years in prison. In prison, she did a nonviolent protest denouncing the repression of the people in 2019. So now what happens? She gets sentenced to another two and a half years in prison and 80 lashes. And, you know, she knew this was coming, and she still held this protest. She's still speaking out, and she's just written uh, on Instagram, I will not allow the authoritarian religious government's agents to whip me even once. I will resist as much as I can, and will take the whip out of their hands and you know that's the kind of heroism and courage we need in the world right now
0: yeah you know it's 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 incredible because I was thinking I was just as you were talking, I was thinking about you have a lot of experience in this area and with this kind of you know this kind of horrifying things that are going on against the Iranian people and I thought it might be important to. You know, dig into that a little bit more. You know, you've, you've, you know, as some people know, but I should tell people that you, you have been covering that part of the world for quite some time for revolution newspaper. And you reported from Iran in 1979, 1980, you're the author of oil power and empire, Iraq and U S global agenda. And that's a book which exposes the reasons for America's 2003 invasion of Iraq in the first place and the whole war for empire. Now let's, let's look at this because really, you know, when you're saying, when you're talking about this, it's. You know, there's, there's a, an entire people whose lives are being just stomped down into the ground, people being killed, having to face, like, their most horrendous living in, in their country, all these things that have been backed very carefully and very heavily by the U.S. imperialists. And I'm trying to, th- I'm thinking about, like, you know, when we talk about this, we ha- it has to become, it has to be more than just telling people, look, this is, this is really some bad news. There really has to be some idea among people. And I think people really need to you know dig it out themselves to a certain extent but also I think we need to actually make it clear to people that there are some very important things that they need to get just get into in a in a sharp way and understand why it's necessary to stand up against what's happening there
2: well I think that was the great importance of of what this campaign is doing and um you know this program on September 25th, which I really encourage people to go online and watch at www you said the website. I'm going to say it again: www.freeiranspoliticalprisonersnow.org. free irans political org. It's a mouthful, but it makes sense: free irans political dot org. And watch the whole program because. Yes, this was a program that exposed terrible cruelty. But it was also a program that conveyed a tremendous amount of hope and determination. Uh, and we got a letter afterward, and Cave, uh, who spoke at the program, both talked about this being an occasion where people across the world, including in the Middle East, in Europe, in the U.S., in Canada, and elsewhere, were jo- they did- we didn't all know each other, but we were joining together in a common battle. Uh, for humanity. And we were inspired by the resistance and by the struggle of the prisoners in Iran in the face of this kind of terrible, terrible cruelty that Miriam described and others have described. And the program itself gave a real Sense of the of the breadth of this, as you mentioned, I gave a talk on the history of U.S. imperialist domination of Iran and the horrendous consequences that's had, including strengthening the Islamic fundamentalists. Uh, This is something a history people really do not know in this country, especially younger people. Ariel Dorfman is a world-renowned author and playwright. Uh, He did a very powerful message and a reading from his new novel, The Compensation Bureau, um, and talked about how the prisoners' voices must not and cannot be suppressed, and the, and the words that Ariel speaking and the words from the prisoners go through the prison walls and travel around the world. Raymond Lotta, of Revolution Books, he's an advocate of Bob Avakian's New Communism, very active in the uh, IEC. He, he, I, I want to point to his talk because he linked the battle, the free prisoners, to the struggle to bring forward another way around the world. That's neither imperialism nor Islamic fundamentalism, neither of these two reactionary poles, which... Even as they clash with each other, they reinforce each other. So the campaign and opposing these outmoded forces really opens new vistas and pathways toward the revolutionary emancipation of humanity. Raymond laid this out. And, you know, he also talked about the significance of revolutionary communist forces uh, in Iran and now Afghanistan fighting for that full emancipation. I'm not going to go on and on here, but I just want to give people a a sense. Montserrat Bikesh of the Mothers of Havran, who fights for remembrance of the people killed in 1988, sent a beautiful, powerful solidarity statement. There was music from the dissident rapper, the Iranian rapper Tumaj Saleh, as well as in-person from Outer National. An Iranian-American poet, Darius Peckham, uh, read a poem that he had written just for the program. And um, Dr. Azam Nimorad-Rad, who's a coordinator for Amnesty International in in Wisconsin, uh, gave a solidarity statement. All of that you know, painted a very powerful uh, picture of this campaign growing and developing around the world, having an impact, including on the prisoners. And and I know Miriam knows about this uh, herself. And opening up these pathways to both freeing them and for a better world.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, Larry, let me uh let me one let me remind people that you're listening to the Michael Slate show. Now Larry, I want to go back to Miriam for a little bit and uh then we'll get back to you. Miriam, are you still here? I am, here. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, I was as I was listening to Larry, I I I also I kept thinking about you know, what happens, you know, with you, you know, I know you wanted to talk about the program that you went to um about the uh the question of heroism in our times and the importance and that's something I think you know, with your mom, that's really that's a big piece. That's a big part of this. You know, it's like, you know, that there's this this whole battle around uh, free Iran's political prisoners is more urgent than ever. Now, why do you say that? Why, you know, why? What's the what's what's the latest stuff happening with your mom and with the prisoners in general?
1: So, um, as Larry said, the program was amazing, and as a family member of a political prisoner, it is very heartwarming to see all this solidarity and that we are going through this all together. Um, and not only for me, this solidarity is so important to the prisoners going public with their cases, talking about their struggle, protect them in prison. And uh, the prisons of the Islamic Republic of Iran are full of people like my mother, Naid hagavi These people, and this is very, very important, these political prisoners are only in jail because they cared for other people. So they deserve awards, not bars. I want to give you an example of a brave political prisoner called Setideh Volyan. For punishing her, she was sent to a normal prison, which had very, very poor conditions in Iran. She was in a prison. This is a prison for political prisoners. And because uh, she was there very resistant, Um, About five or six months ago, they brought her to a prison very, very far away from from her family, and with very—it's a normal prison. There are normal crime prisoners in this prison. And a few weeks ago, Setiye caught COVID, and she was released for a short medical furlough. The first thing this brave woman did was giving a detail. Report of the mistreatment and torture of the women, which is taking place in that prison where she is currently. Therefore, the authorities opened her a new court case. As you can guess, she's charged with things like propaganda against the regime and spreading lies. Setida knew that this is going to happen, but she decided to be the voice of this prisoner, what I want to say is the political prisoners are brave, they are resistant, they count on us, and it is up to us to be their voice, to speak up against the Islamic Republic of Iran and to fight for their freedom. And I want to end it up with a sentence which is very famous in Persian. I will say it in my mother language, and it's a 40-year-old sentence, and it's called Zendoni Onis Yossi Ozot Boyat Yardan. That means free all political prisoners now. Thank you very much, Michael.
0: Sure, definitely, Larry. What about you? In terms of like what you've seen here, and I know you've spent a you know you've spent a lot of uh, time over the years basically checking out or digging into what's happening in Iran, making it pop, making it you know possible that people around the world can actually see this, and you know it also that gives a lot of you know hope in a certain sense to. The people in Iran, and and I'd I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that. You, you know where, you know you've told me that the the battle to free Iran's political prisoners is more urgent than ever. Well, let's talk about what's making it that way, and then the how the, you know, the press conferences that have been held around the, you know, because it's people people don't rec- recognize even the idea that these press conferences that are being held in New York outside the outside the UN, you know, when all this is being addressed, and and yet. So many people here don't even have any idea about this. So let's talk about where things are at and where they, where they need to go.
2: Well, a couple of things, Michael. Yes, indeed, we did have a press conference outside the U.N., about a dozen of us. We did it the day both Biden and Raisi spoke, and we had something to say to both of them. To Iran, we say, free Iran's political prisoners, to the Biden and the U.S. imperialists, we say no war, no aggression, no threats, no sanctions on Iran. And this is something we've we've made very clear that our campaign is based on. In the ad, in the New York Review books that you that you mentioned earlier, which by the way was signed by Noam Chomsky, Gloria Steinem, Judith Butler, Dan Ellsberg, Ariel Dorfman, and a host of other very prominent voices, as well as uh, close to 3,000 other people. Um, And that is that our campaign is about the interests of humanity, not the interests of these reactionary governments. We are not choosing between these repressive reactionary forces. We're fighting for... uh, human emancipation and a different way forward. And right now, one of the expressions of that is fighting for the freedom of Iran's political prisoners, which, as Mariam just said, they're in prison for being righteous and courageous and caring about others. And So, you know, people can see video and uh, read about the press conference, which was very inspiring. And it was inspiring because we got solidarity statements from around the world, England, Germany, the Middle East, Canada, you name it. And um, that's at our website. And the other thing I just want to say is that, everybody who's listening, who hates oppression, who wants to fight for a different world, come be part of this campaign. There are things that you can do to contribute. We're going forward. Our objective, and this is a daunting objective, but it's it's possible and, and, and we're fighting for it. And that is nothing short of the freedom of these hundreds of political prisoners, as Miriam said. And, and you know, one of the things that's very inspiring right now is that, the, is that the emergency appeal has been translated into Turkish, into French, into Spanish, into Farsi. Of course, it's in English. All of that's posted on the website. Uh, other languages are in the works. You can help with that. You can help spread the word of this campaign. Go to www.freeiranspoliticalprisonersnow.org, freeiranspoliticalprisoners.org, and find out there. You can click on links to be involved. You can send us an email. Uh, You can message us on Twitter uh, at Iran Prison. Emerge, E M E R G, and and get involved because we're not going to free these prisoners without more people taking up this demand and creating the kind of global wave of outrage and exposure that puts the kind of pressure on this regime, on this heartless regime, that forces them to release these prisoners. And and we are continuing to develop plans to go forward to do that. And we're certainly going to be paying attention to whatever Mariam's doing and and Amnesty International and the other groups she mentioned. That's very important uh, action will be taking place there, which I'm sure we'll be covering and reporting on. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, uh, Mariam, let's have a, one more round with you. Again, the October 16th events that are going on, it'll be one year, the one-year anniversary of your mom's arbitrary detention and imprisonment. And people should recognize what the character of that is, what it means for your mom to be imprisoned there. And for all the women who've been impris- imprisoned because of their politics, because of what they believe in and what they fight for in terms of justice. And, and I understand that October 16th will be the one-year anniversary of your mother's arbitrary detention and imprisonment, what are you going to be doing to mark the date?
1: Um, as I said, um, I will have some uh, actions with Amnesty International. We are just planning some interviews. We are planning to uh, make an appeal to the German government uh, for them to take action because in Germany the new government is just forming and. Um, I'm, I'm very excited to see if any of these parties are going to fulfill their promises, which they gave in the election during the uh, election time. And if there is any red line about um, repression and human rights abuses in Iran. So, um, I'm going in Germany. We say I'm going to be the stone in their shoes. I'm, um, will challenge them. And I have a lot of very good people from Amnesty from the emergency appeal, from other NGOs, journalists um, around me, and I'm sure the fight will go on, but I'm also very sure that at the end we are going to win this fight.
0: All right. I want to thank you both very much for joining us today, and we will definitely keep in touch with you.
1: Thanks a lot, Michael. Thank you.
0: Okay, take care now.
1: Uh, Thank you, Michael. You're welcome. Bye, Larry. Bye.
0: (laughs) Okay, bye, everybody. (laughs) Anyway. I think it's actually really important that people take a just take a minute to sit back and think about what is going on in iran what's what's happening there, and then think about how that spreads throughout the world and what relationship to that does the way that the u s operates you know you think about this I was thinking about some of this but you know people I knew who I, I know who were in prison who actually got there when they were oh, I don't know, 17 years old and ended up staying and having to stay there and and are still there now, you know, and this was like, (laughs) I was 17 too. So, you know, you, you recognize the horrors that can be brought down on people. But one of the things that the most horrible thing that can be brought down is that no one ever hears about it or hears the truth about it. We're going to take a quick musical break and be right back. So stay tuned.
3: اگه دیدی درد مردمو ولی چشاتو بستی، ظلم به مظلوم رو دیدی و از کنارش رفتی، اگه از ترس یا واسه منفعتت خودت کردی، تو هم, هم دست ظالم هستی، تو هم مجرم هستی. اگه خودت بخواب زدی وقتی که خونا رو میریختن گرفتار کسبتی وقتی جون جوونا رو می‌گیرن، اگه وسط بازی وسط بودی و گفتی سیاست چی هست؟ بدون رأی سفید نداریم، بیطرف نداره این جنگ. اگه دست رو چشمات گذاشتی، دستات خونیه، خائنی اگه تیترون داری و حرفا دومی‌ن، از وطن و دوربینای ما نیستن یادت باشه کسافت های پشت عبر میرن اگه سر پوش گذاشتی رو قصد تو هم قاتلی واسه پوشوندن جنایت باید رو خون راه بری بدون مال کشیدن تو این سیستم کامل نیست ایران اینقدر زندان داره که همتون جا بشین جونالیست بازداری مخبر دوزداری هنرمند درباری سوراخ موش بخر معمور از بالا دستور کلاد مجبور سوراخ موش بخر بابات می نون مان سو به اختیار اصلاح جلب حزب با سوراخ موش بخر صادراتی نایی یا کیسی رو که شار جای بده هرچی چی دلار داری سوراخ موش بخر چه هنرمندی چه خبر از نونبری نداری شاشیدن به اسکار تگ مردمی نباشی پاره میکنم تو که دیگه چرن نبافی چه شهاب دولتی باشی چه از فرهادی چه بازیگر حکومتی و چفی الیسی چه بازیگر صادراتی و الهه ایکس شما خود فروش پولی نذیه مقام فیکسیم
0: All right, that was Tumajit Salehi, an Iranian rapper who was mentioned by one of my guests. He was arrested September 13th and is out on bail, but still facing charges. This was Mousehole, which begins, if you saw people's pain but looked away, if you saw the suppression of the oppressed but walked right past, if you did it out of fear for your own interests, you're the hand of the tyrant, you're a criminal too. Now we're going to hear something from the program we were talking about with Larry and Miriam. This is Raymond Lada, of New York Revolution books and an advocate for the new communism developed by Bob Avakian.
4: What I want to do is uh, talk about internationalism and bringing forward another way for humanity in today's world, um, and what this campaign has to do with that. Um, we've heard now from a, a number of speakers. Uh, about the situation in Iran, what's happening in Iran, and we'll be learning more. Um, We've heard about dissent and rebellion that has been growing, uh, the struggle of women against the hijab and all of the enslaving conditions that are imposed on them by this hateful regime, strikes and protests against economic hardship, uprisings by, ethnic and religious minorities against their oppression. Artists and intellectuals were demanding the right to express themselves and to freely think. And environmentalists who have been protesting the abuses of the ecosystems in Iran There has been this upsurge over the last few years, and a revolutionary current uh, has grown and gained influence within this. These are just and righteous battles, a just and righteous cause. The regime has struck back hard, killing hundreds, arresting and torturing thousands. You've heard about this. from Kaveh, from Mariam. That repression is unjust and illegitimate. This regime is unjust and illegitimate. Those who stand against this repression, those who are fighting the oppression in this society, they must be supported. And it is on us to make common cause with the people of Iran, those who are in the streets, those who are in the prisons, those whose lives, as we say in the emergency appeal, literally hang in the balance. Now, Larry talked about the history of U.S. imperialist domination over Iran. And imperialism is a worldwide system of exploitation, plunder, and oppression with its global supply chains of sweatshops and child labor. You know, they just announced the new Apple came out, right? There is no Apple without child labor in the minds of the Congo. There is no Apple without those sweatshops in China where people are being literally worked to death. This is a system, as I said, of worldwide exploitation and oppression, and it's enforced by a genocidal military machine. You know, as we speak, you know, naval warships from the US are patrolling the Persian Gulf. The US has over 750 military bases in over 80 countries in the world, and they just suffered a humiliating defeat in Afghanistan, but look at the death and destruction that was wrought to that country. This is the system that confronts the people of Iran, that confronts the people of the world. And I am a follower of Baba Vakian is the architect of a whole new framework for human emancipation, the new communism. And as a follower of Baba I'm an internationalist. This bookstore is inspired by its beating heart is the work and leadership of Baba And here at this bookstore, the whole world comes first. The movement for revolution that we are building is one in which we are training people to understand that American lives are not more important than other people's lives. Internationalism, the whole world comes first. In the battle to free Iran's political prisoners is a battle to be taken up by all who yearn for a better world. We have to cross boundaries. We have to draw closer. We have to learn from the heroism of our Iranian brothers and sisters. And wherever people stand up, wherever people stand up against oppression, we have to stand with them. And this is especially important here in the belly of the beast here in the belly of the world's greatest oppressor of humanity. We have to awaken people in this society to their responsibility, to their international responsibility, to all who resist oppression. And this battle to free these political prisoners is bound up with the struggle to emancipate humanity, all of humanity. You see, we face a particular situation in the world today. We have a situation in which there are two retrograde reactionary outmoded forces that are contending and clashing with each other. On the one hand, there is imperialism, U.S. imperialism in particular, that dominates the world, that brings all this suffering and exploitation that I have spoken about. On the other hand, there is reactionary, retrograde, woman-hating, religious fanaticism, this Islamic fundamentalism is what rules in Iran. And these two forces are clashing and contending with each other. I want to read from what Baba Vakin has said about this clash. He is saying, and this is a very powerful and incisive analysis that he's developed over the decades. He says, what we see in contention here, with jihad on the one hand, that is this theocratic fundamentalism. What we see with this jihad on the one hand and McWorld Mick Crusade, that's Western imperialism, US imperialism in particular, on the other, are historically outmoded strata among colonized and oppressed humanity up against historically outmoded ruling strata of the imperialist system these two reactionary poles reinforce each other even while opposing each other if you side with one of these outmodeds you end up strengthening both while this is a very important formulation And it's crucial to understanding much of the dynamics driving things in the world in this period. At the same time, we do have to be clear about which of these historically outmoded has done the greater damage and poses the greatest threat to humanity. It is the historically outmoded ruling strata of the imperialist system, and in particular, the U.S. imperialists. So the point is that you have these two forces that are outmoded, and that means that they are fighting to defend and to perpetuate ways of organizing society that should long since have passed their expiration date. Cruel, exploited, destructive of the environment. There has to be another way, and there is another way. Baba Vakian has brought forward the new communism, and this is the method and approach, the vision, and the framework to make a revolution, to free humanity from all exploitation and oppression, to create a society and world in which human beings could truly flourish and we can protect the environment for current and future generations. And it is an inspiring fact that in Iran, there is a force, the Communist Party of Iran, Marxist-Leninist Maoist, which is taking up and applying this new communism under extremely repressive conditions. And it is inspiring that there is now a force that is emerging in Afghanistan, having studied the new communism, having been inspired by the example of the Communist Party of Iran, Marxist, Leninist, Maoist, that has now declared itself to be fighting for this new communism. In Afghanistan, and this is called the movement for the new communism in Afghanistan. And you can go to the back of the room and get these materials um, to understand, you know, the emergence of this force for all the way revolution, for all the way emancipation, you know, in this part of the world. And this, too, is truly inspiring. I spoke of bringing forward another way. Well, the Revcoms in the U.S. are organizing a movement for revolution to bring forward the way of communist revolution, the total and complete emancipation of humanity, right here in the belly of the beast at a time when the conditions are ripening for revolution revolution in a way that's not normally the case in the imperialist countries. This is a rare time. And I would encourage people, I believe everyone received a copy when they came in, to take a look at a declaration and call to get organized now for a real revolution. So I wanna bring together some of these points. The struggle to free Iran's political prisoners the struggle to free those prisoners and to oppose this brutal regime on the one hand and U.S. imperialist threats on the other. This is a crucial battlefront right now for all who stand for justice. And this struggle, it opens up new vistas so that people will not be trapped by one or the other of these two outmodeds, imperialism or this theocratic, reactionary, fanatical fundamentalisms. So it opens up new vistas because people are taking this up in the spirit of opposing both this regime and imperialism. And at the same time, At the same time, this battle taking place at this time in the world can powerfully contribute to opening up more favorable conditions to make the revolution that humanity needs to put an end to all forms of exploitation and oppression so that these two outmoded will be put in the dustbin of history where they belong the revolution to emancipate all of humanity in Iran and around the world. This is what is being built, and this is what must be fought for. And this is a battle, the battle to free these political prisoners in Iran, that stands as a call for all who stand for justice to come forward to support and at the same time, is a battle that can and must be linked to the battle for a whole new world, for all of humanity. And that's what we as the revolutionaries involved in this campaign are doing. And this is a campaign of enormous breadth, of enormous reach, but we have to take it further. We have to sound the cry, and sing the song to free all of Iran's political prisoners. They are truly heroes for our time. Thank you.
0: That was Raymond Lada on Heroism for Our Times. Now we're going to end the show with a piece from Baba Bakian, chairman of the Revolutionary Communist Party, on wars of empire, armies of occupation,
5: and crimes against humanity wars of empire, armies of occupation, and crimes against humanity. Raiding and other forms of violent conflict between different peoples can be found going back to early societies long ago. But the emergence of class-divided societies and civilizations based on conquest, slavery, and other forms of exploitation and oppression has for millennia led to wars that have caused death and destruction on a massive scale. This has been especially so once the production and exchange of commodities, things produced for exchange rather than for direct use by those who produce them, developed on a large scale and means of transport were developed that enabled commodities to be exchanged and markets for exchange to be actively sought over a large and increasingly expanding territory. Wars were then fought to conquer markets and trade routes, as well as sources of raw materials, and to enslave and exploit conquered peoples. With the development of capitalism over the past several centuries, commodity production and exchange has been greatly extended to become the generalized way in which production and exchange has been carried out. If you think about it, all the things that you use are almost all of them. You do not make them yourself. You exchange something, namely money, to buy them from some other source. And this is what people all over the world are now doing. This is what capitalism has generalized. And capitalism has more and more tightly bound things together under its domination into an overall world system. But this system of capitalist imperialism is marked by profound divisions between different classes and groups of people within each country, between a small number of capitalist imperialist countries and the countries under the domination of these imperialists, particularly in the third world, that is Latin America, Africa, the Middle East and Asia and divisions between imperialist countries themselves, whose rivalry has revolved to a significant degree around their contention for control of colonies and people to exploit in the Third World. And when, for a time in the last century, there were socialist countries, first in the Soviet Union and then also in China, there was a conflict between the imperialist powers and those socialist countries which the imperialists worked to isolate, suffocate, and destroy. All this led to two world wars in the last century in which tens of millions of people were killed, including huge numbers of civilians. Since the end of World War II in 1945, the divisions that marked the world within the overall framework of domination By the capitalist imperialist system have led to continual wars, wars where imperialist powers have unleashed massive violence against people fighting for liberation from imperialism in countries of the third world, such as the war in Vietnam where the U.S. slaughtered several million Vietnamese and poisoned much of the soil of that country with chemical weapons. War crimes and crimes against humanity that the U.S. imperialists have continued in all parts of the world, including today, for example, in the Middle Eastern country of Yemen, where because of bombing and other actions by Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates, backed, armed, and aided by the U.S., one million people, including large numbers of children, are suffering and many are dying from the terrible disease cholera. And 8 million people, more than a fourth of the population, are facing starvation. And there are wars between different oppressive forces, including wars where imperialist powers fight each other not directly but through proxies, such as the war which has devastated Syria over the past several years, where the US and Russia have backed, armed, and aided different factions. While another world war, which especially with the arsenals of nuclear weapons in the hands of the US and Russia, China, and some other countries, could lead to destruction and death on a massive scale, and could even bring about the extinction of the human race, while this has so far been avoided, so long as the capitalist imperialist system continues to dominate the world, and the profound divisions this embodies and enforces continue to exist, the danger remains of a far more devastating war than anything previously endured by humanity. Only through the overthrow of this system, including in its greatest centers of power in the imperialist countries themselves, an overthrow carried out also with the aim of preventing these imperialists from launching an all-out war of annihilation. Only in this way can we advance toward the goal of overcoming the divisions among human beings that embody exploitation and oppression and lead to violent conflict, and finally make a reality of the dreams and aspirations of so many for a world without war.
0: That was Bob Avakian, Wars of Empire, Armies of Occupation, and Crimes Against Humanity, from the talk, Why We Need an Actual Revolution, and How We Can Really Make Revolution. And that brings us to the end of yet another show. I want to thank my assistant producer, Henry Carson, my production assistant, Jeff Pryor, and each and every one of you for tuning in. If you want to share your thoughts and ideas about the show, or if you want to volunteer to be part of the show, write to me at mslate at themichaelslateshow.com. Once again, that's mslate.com at the